0: Welcome to the Online Business Case Study with Jake Lang. Follow along behind the scenes, documenting the strategies, successes, and challenges of real online businesses. Hello and welcome back. Jake from The Entrepreneur Ride Along here. And today we are diving into part six of the Online Business Case Study. This is season one of the Case Study about my business, associatepi.com, walking through from start to finish, how I started this business in the insurance industry. In part six today, we're talking all about automation. So this is how I scaled up this business and basically set on autopilot. It is truly passive income at this point in time because I did all the work up front. Now, up front, it was hours and hours of work, writing courses, creating content, blogging, But right now, I maybe do five hours a week at most on this business because it it is entirely automated to the point where people find me, join my email list, buy my products, pass their exams, leave reviews, and then buy their next course, all without me doing anything without me touching a single button. Maybe a little customer service here and there if somebody has a question on their study material, but that's it. I spend a couple hours a week answering emails, and that's all I'm doing. So Today, we're talking about automation. I'm going to go ahead and minimize or hide myself here actually for those watching the video for the case study. And again, you can follow along with the case study by video, podcast, blog, whatever you want. You can find it all over at theentrepreneurridealong.com slash O-B-C-S. That's where you can find all the seasons for the online business case study, all the seasons that I've published there, and all the parts to season one here about associate P-I. So the first thing I want to talk about, the primary means of automation that I use for my business is through email marketing. Remember, I just mentioned how my sales come in completely passively. They come in organically through SEO. We talked about SEO and organic traffic in part five of the case study. So I refer back to part five for that part of the automation. But really the whole sales process, I set up a giant sales funnel for each exam in each course that I sell. So that when people visit me, they go through my sales messaging. They get a daily email from me building value, building trust, and pitching sales, and pitching my courses. So that I really don't have to sell anything manually because I am not good at cold selling. I, I do not really enjoy the process of, of calling somebody up and selling them. I definitely hate cold calling and selling, but even just face-to-face, I'm just not a huge fan. So I do it all passively, automatically through email marketing. And this business is generating five to $6,000 dollars per month in passive income. Totally hands off, I, it's done automatically for years now. I would say that 90% of my sales come from email marketing. The other 10% just come cold traffic through my website, they hit my website and find my courses, buy them. Usually from a referral, some of, one of their friends or coworkers says, oh, I used Associate PI, so they come to my website and buy my course. But otherwise, I'd say 90% of the people come to my website. They find me through my blogs because I do a lot of blogging and I write about these exams that I've taken and these courses that I've written. They find my blogs on my blog. I'm talking all about it. I give them a ton of value for free on my blog, but I talk about this free practice exam that I give away. I get about 150 to 300 people downloading my free practice exam every single month. So they come to my blog, they download my practice exam for free. I give them this free practice exam. And then I set them off on likely 60 to 90 automated emails, depending on which segment they go through, to show them why they should know me, why they should like me, why they should trust me enough to pay me $425 to buy my course. If you're watching the YouTube video here or if you're looking at the slides in the show notes, I posted a couple of pictures here of my ConvertKit account. So you can check out ConvertKit for free over at convert ConvertKit. It's the email platform that I use. I've used Aweber, MailChimp, I've tried other tools. In around 2017, 2018, I switched over to ConvertKit. And I'm never looking back because it is exactly what you need for segmentation. It's the most professional platform for selling email automation and for solopreneurs like us. So ConvertKit's what I recommend, that's where you can check it out for free and get a free trial. But I posted some photos here of the back end of my ConvertKit account. And you can see here one of my intro emails that says, uh, just like a, a, a engagement email where I send out and say, hey, CPCU 500, I'm here to help, I pass my exams. You can read through it in the slides, but it's basically encouraging people and telling them this is the the second email that they receive actually. They receive a free practice exam, because that's what they downloaded I email that to them and I they get their email they open up their free practice exam a couple minutes later they receive a new email I think it's like five minutes later and it just says hey I'm Jake I'm the one that gave you this free practice exam here's why I'm the one helping you pass your CPC 500 exam and I tell them Oh, I passed my exams I passed it a couple years ago here's what I found difficult And I show them my expertise. And then I say, I'm going to help you pass this exam. It's now my mission to help you pass this exam. I'm going to help you over the next 10 days with these 10 items. I give 10 bullet point items. Like I'm going to give you free access to my course. I'm going to give you the most, uh, I'm going to tell you what's the most difficult part, the most important part. I'm going to show you some sample questions. I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about this exam for free. Basically, it's my way of saying, I'm going to email you every single day but you want to open my emails because I'm going to help you pass your exam. And you can see in these other screenshots here, you can see how many segmentations I have set up and individual email sequences and series here. It looks really, really complicated when you're looking at my screenshots here. I'm telling you, it's not. Basically, I just broke it up into a couple segments where you you get on my email list, you get one email. That's the free practice exam. That's one sequence of automated emails. Then you move over to the next sequence, and then the next sequence is like five emails long, and I'm just saying, hey, I'm Jake. I uh, you know here's some stuff about me. Here's some basic introductory stuff uh, that you need to know about this exam before you start studying. That's like three or four or five emails at most. And then you get on this email sequence that's about maybe 15 to 20 emails, and that one is, I would say, 10 to 15 of those emails are value add emails, meaning I'm telling you what, like an important topic about the exam, what's difficult on this exam, what's important, what questions do you need to study, what definitions do you need to memorize? So actionable items that provide value to the subscriber. In those emails, I am linking to my website and my blog. In my email signature, I'm linking to my online courses. I have a little signature there that basically just says, you know, uh, you know, sign up. If you're ready to start studying, here's the course you need to use with a 99% pass rate and money back guarantee. For the purpose of those blogs, those value blogs, I'm giving you information to help you pass your exam to, to show that you can trust me as an expert and I'm linking to my website so that you check out my website where you can also see my courses and you can see everything else that I'm doing over there. But I want to get you from my email to my website because that's where you can buy my courses. Also mixed in there is, I would say, five to 10 sales emails. Some of them are hard sales that are saying, hey, buy my course today. Hey, here's, in case you didn't know, here's my online course. Hey, I've got a 99% pass rate. Some of them are subtly selling things like I'm giving value in the email and I say, here's how you pass your exam in just two weeks of studying. I give a, a preferred study schedule. It's what I use. And then I say, oh, I worked this into my online course. This is straight from my online course link to the course or I send them a free practice exam question in the email question multiple choice answer options and I give them the answer at the bottom and I say hey this is copied right from my course and I link it to the course so you can see how I'm subtly selling talking about my online course I just want to warm people up let them know I'm an expert on this topic I've helped thousands of people pass their exams oh by the way I offer an online course so you should probably buy it now I made a big change in my email marketing in 2018 and I saw a major improvement in conversion. Now if you think about this business that I offer, I have 10 online courses. Remember I showed this in, and I think it was part 5, part part 2 of part 5 because I broke it up into two parts. I showed all the online courses that I'm selling. For 10 different exams, I offer an online course. For each of those exams, I offer two courses per exam. One is the full course, which is, you know, everything you need to pass your exam, study guide, co- content, the textbook, all that stuff, and practice questions. There's also a smaller course, and, and the big full course sells for $425. There's another course that's only practice exam questions. Basically, I just took the full course, cut out everything, and kept the practice exam questions. So it's a practice exam only course. That one sells for two hundred dollars, and what I started doing in 2018 is I started segmenting everybody. I had already segmented them by exam, so what I do is I use Gravity Forms, which is a a basically that's exactly what it is. It's a, it's a form submission plugin that you can use on WordPress and other websites. Um, I use it with WordPress because it integrates really well, and it syncs with ConvertKit. And if you go to I think the link is associatepi.com slash download. Or if you just go to associatepi.com and you click on the free practice exam button, you'll see what I'm talking about. It's a form, and I ask three questions. I say, okay, here it's basically the landing page, this is where you download your free practice exam. I ask, which exam are you studying for? And it's just a little radio button on the form. It's kind of like a survey. And you click, okay, I want the CPCU 500 practice exam. You click that. The next question, and this is where I really started segmenting in 2018, I ask, are you? do you already have your study material, or do you not have your study material yet? So basically you say, yes, I have my study material, or no, I do not have my study material yet, I'm just starting. And then the last third question is, enter your name and email address, I'll, I'll send you your uh, free practice exam. The reason I added that second question is for the segmentation. I want to split people, but depending on their exam, I want to know, do they have their study material yet, or not if they already have their study material then I'm gonna segment them and send them to a sequence that's trying to pitch them and sell them the practice exam course because if they already bought a textbook from one of my competitors they don't need two textbooks you just don't it's, it's a waste of money and nobody is gonna spend, spend another $400 on my course when they already have a course they're just here for the free content but what I found is a lot of people need extra practice exam questions because not to brag, but I write the best practice exam questions in the industry. Everybody else, they offer like, I don't know, maybe 50 questions with their course, and they're not really good. They're, they're just, they're, their practice questions basically are asking you, what's the definition of this? What's the definition of that? My questions are formatted like the actual exam. They're case questions. They make you, they, they put you in the shoes of an underwriter and make you answer this case as if you're an underwriter on the scene and that's how the exam questions are formatted. So my questions are just uh, better because I wrote them like the real exam and that's what people love about my courses. So it sells really, really well if I segment people and I I find out that they already have their textbook. Great. You just need practice exam questions. And I put a lot of copy behind that to support that reasoning. I say, Hey, I know you already have your course, but you probably need to take at least 300 practice exam questions. And here's why here's the type of questions you're going to see check the course that you're studying because I bet it doesn't uh, focus on this type of question and I have a 30 day email sequence depending on what they answer that splits them out by if they if I want to sell them the full course or the practice exam course and I'm using specific unique language selling those two products and a specific unique language for the exam that they're taking so you can imagine I sell for 10 exams and I sell two courses for each exam so I have 20 different potential sequences and, and trails that I could send them down. Now there's a lot of carryover a lot of duplication because some of it is simply I have the, like the same template and I just change the information out and copy it from a blog and say, okay, what's the most difficult topic of this exam? And I just plug it in for the CPC 500 or 520 depending on what exam they're taking. So it's not like I really wrote 30 emails for each of the 20 email sequences. A lot of duplication, but what's great is the marketing emails within there are speaking specifically to that person and specifically to their unique challenge. So studying for the CPCU 500 already have my study material just need more practice exam questions. Great. You're segmented on that list. I'm speaking directly to you and it, it, it really helped with conversion. I would say before doing this segmentation, I would once in a while, send a pra- uh, pra- sell a practice exam course, maybe, maybe one, two or three per month. After doing this, I started selling maybe 10 to 15 practice exams per month because this really showed people that, hey, even if you already have your study material, I'm still here to help. I have this course that's just for you. And so the segmentation really helped me sell more of these practice exam courses, which are essentially free for me to create because it's the same course that I already sell. I'm just chopping it in half and making it and only selling the practice exam questions. Another strategy that I use is I send out a broadcast email every single Monday. So that's once a week actually I really do it like once a month because I'll schedule them out for four days in a row. I will send out a manual email that I type out and I'm talking about something current some some live event. Usually I'm using the testing windows because there's testing windows every quarter. The testing window opens up for two months and closes for one month. So I use that as a way to show people that I'm writing a real email that day. It's not automated because, like I said, about 90 emails in a row are automated because they go through all these sequences. And then if they don't buy, they go through the sequence that I just send them basically everything that I have. And I just give them a ton of information. And I try to get them to sign up for the next exam too because I know that they probably passed their exam, so I give them some, some automated emails to say, hey, did you pass yet? If so, go back here, click a new button, download your next free practice exam, and that sends them off on the next sequence for that specific exam. But if they don't do that, they don't buy. If they buy, they get sent on a sequence that's an onboarding sequence to use their course and I give them a bunch of value and an upsell to buy their next course. If they don't buy, they're on a general email list that they just kind of stay on for, for a while. to get one or two emails a week, probably 90 emails so they stay on for a year or two at that rate and they're just getting general confirmation information emails but those are automated every Monday I send out a broadcast email and I'll I'll talk about oh it's you know it's it's New Year's it's Black Friday it's uh at the end of the testing window you have two weeks left and things like that and I'm reminding people of I'm basically using dates to let people know that it's a real email that I'm writing right now And I'm either getting them back to my website by giving them blogs that I just wrote, sending them to my podcast, or reminding them that I sell an online course. And that increased my sales as well. Now, that's not passive because I do have to go in once a month and write four emails or five emails for every Monday. But that helped my sales a lot just by having another way to remind people, just another touch point being in their inbox again. And you know what? I don't care if people unsubscribe. I'm giving you value if you want to unsubscribe. Please go for it because I'm paying for you to be a subscriber on my email list. Sounds a little harsh, but it's true. You got to, you're got you sending these email messages to help people. Sometimes you're selling, but I would say 75 to 80% of the time you are helping and providing value. And that's what I do in my Monday broadcast emails. It's just another touch point to get out there in front of somebody, talking about something unique and different, and talking about the testing window opening or closing and how much time they have left. To remind them that Associate PI is here and Jake is here to help you pass your exams. So that's what I'm doing with email marketing and you can see it, it took a little while to build this up and I built it up over a couple of years as I released each exam, had to write new sequences, had to write new courses and then new sequence to go with that course. But now it's completely automated, sit back in the background, I tweak it once in a while as I'm testing new strategies and things but otherwise, hands off, email marketing runs automatically. In the background so that's why I highly 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 recommend using email marketing as a way to convert your your website traffic into leads leads into potential into customers and that's what email marketing does and it's all automated so that's email marketing that's one facet of the automation that I've applied in this business one thing that I've started applying recently this just started in 2020 is I started hiring people to help me write my courses. In part five of this case study, I talked about how releasing new courses is a main revenue driver for me. The more courses I sell in this niche, because it is is a niche, there's not a lot of other competitors here. So the more courses I offer, the more ground that I cover, the more clients I'm going to get, even if it's just an extra one or two sales per month by writing a new course for a new exam, That's an extra $800 to $1,000 per month with the price of my courses. So that's how I'm generating extra revenue, and that's how I'm scaling this business. The problem is it takes me anywhere from three to six months to write and publish a course. On average, I, I would say it's closer to six months. So in 2020, there was a big change. During the pandemic, the association that administers these exams, they changed up the way that they administer the exam. It used to be you show up in person and take your exam at a prometric testing center. In 2020 with everybody at home and quarantining They switched their platforms that you could take your entire exam online from a computer at home With this they also published a whole series of online courses. They used to be mostly textbooks they had these really junky online courses but that's why everybody was using me because I was the online course that had a nice professional platform. The main organization offered textbooks and they administered the actual exam and certification. Well, 2020 things changed and they actually got online. They created their own online platform and with this platform they started offering the the ability to take your exam online at home. And when they moved their platform online, they changed basically every exam they they removed some content and added some new content so all the exam changed slightly so in 2020 one of my big projects was I had to go back through and rewrite eight courses eight out of my 10 courses had changed the whole course didn't change but there was maybe a chapter or two here two or three chapters there My biggest seller, the CPCU 500 was almost 100% changed. That one was basically an, an entirely new exam. So I had to restudy for that one, retake the exam and rewrite that course. The other ones, the other seven courses, it was probably a chapter or two per course, but that was a lot of work for me because I only had about six months or so to write and publish eight new courses because the organization announced it and said, Hey, all the exams are changing. It's gonna be changed in six months. They gave people six months to finish up their studying and pass the exams that they were taking so that when they bought their next set of study material, they buy the proper, correct study material to pass the new exams. So I needed help. I can't write eight courses in six months. I don't have that kind of time. Plus, at this time, I had started the Entrepreneur Ride Along. I still had my Pomsky business. I had other businesses that I was managing. I had coaching clients. I was doing a group coaching program. And I was getting married, so like all of that going on at once, and we're looking and we're buying a house, all, everything happening at once in life, I needed help. Now this is something that I use today, and going forward, I'm going to continue to use. I started hiring ghost writers to do the first pass of writing my courses. They would basically be me, and they would study for these exams. I'd give them my notes from studying the exams. I'd give them some industry study material. I would give them... Uh, Basically, resources online, flashcards, study guides, and anything that you can find for free online. I'd give all of that to them. They would read. They would basically study one chapter at a time, get really good at understanding the content, and then help me write the course. And they'd outline it, and we'd work together hand in hand. But they would be doing—I'd say ninety percent of the work. I was doing ten percent, just saying, yes, this is an important topic because I was the one that actually studied and took the exam, so I knew it would the important content. They were writing. I didn't make them sit for the exam. I thought that was too much. Anyways, I I started testing people. I tested five ghostwriters. I found them in a variety of different ways. I think two of them were referrals. One of the ghostwriters actually referred me to somebody else. So I had two referrals uh, from from people that had used ghostwriters in the past in my network. I posted out in communities that I'm involved in asking for ghostwriters. I posted on Upwork. I posted on Fiverr. I tested a few people on Upwork and Fiverr, but it just wasn't the quality that I needed. I, I really needed a technical ghost writer that writes textbooks, and so it and, and specialized in risk management is what, what I was looking for, and that's really, really unique and specific, a very specific request. So I didn't get many people that fit that mold, but I found some people that had written professional textbooks before and had done this type of work. Uh, so I tested out five writers. And I would say three out of the five were were pretty bad. They just didn't do a great job. They were basically just reiterating exactly what the notes instead of material that I sent them, they were almost just like repeating it or rewriting it and changing two words in the sentence. And. It wasn't what I was looking for. They, they were basically doing rewriting, not ghostwriting. And so there was a lot of back and forth and, hey, try and fix this, try and fix this. And I would give them examples and I would show them, hey, here's this paragraph that I just studied and I just learned about the risk management process, the six-step risk management process. And you see, I read it, I learned, I put it in my, my own language, my own words, plain English, because I, I just write in really, really simple terms that, that it's really easy to understand. And I break it up in simple bullet points. So that people can say, okay, risk management process, it's six steps, here's the six bullet points I need to know. Three out of the five ghostwriters just couldn't get there. They weren't good fits, so I paid them, they went on their way. Uh, One ghostwriter was pretty good, and then I am now working with this one guy named Greg, and he is my ghostwriter working on all my courses now. I pay him $150 per chapter, so it's about $1,500 per course. So it's a big investment, but if you think about it, if I sell four or five courses for 400 each, that pays for itself. To put this in perspective, I hired Greg to write this new course, the ARM 400 course. I'm writing courses for this new certification that I'm, that I'm pursuing and, and launching on my website. Uh, I'm writing the courses to help people pass these exams. I, I think I mentioned this in a previous episode of the case study. Anyways, what I did is I went out to my email list and I pre-sold this. I spent a month, probably sent 10 emails over the course of the month, telling people I'm going to be writing and publishing, or Associate PI, I didn't say it was me, I said the company, is going to be writing and publishing the ARM400 online course. You can sign up now for $200. It's going to be $400 when it goes live. It's going to go live, I said, I I put a date three months out, I think I launched in I think I started emailing in January or February in February and I said it would be published by the end of March. I pre-sold that course and generated $6,000 in revenue and people that pre bought that course knowing that I hadn't even written the first word yet. $6,000 worth of revenue 30 was so much that 30 people bought the course for it to be published three months from now generated $6,000 in revenue. I turned around and paid Greg a thousand two hundred because it was, I think it was around eight chapters, 150 per chapter or oh, I forget how many chapters it was. But anyways, 150 per chapter, whatever it was came out to 1,200. So right away I had already profited $4,800. And essentially the course paid for itself to have somebody write it. And now this is my plan going forward to write 10 new courses. Greg and I are just going to repeat this process. I'm pre-selling a new course now. The ARM402 is what I'm working on. Basically, Greg goes in. He does the first pass. He takes my notes, takes all this information that I give him, and he does the first draft. He writes the first draft as if he was me. He studied my my courses. I showed him how I write. He's really good at kind of replicating how I write and how I think. Uh, Got a great relationship going. We we talked on Zoom calls and phone calls just to get that personal kind of face-to-face feel for each other so he could get to know me and my writing style. I did some samples for him. I took some work from courses that I had not written, written um, courses for exams that I had written courses for. And I showed him, I, I would write a t- chapter or two. I'd show him here's two chapters of raw notes that I took while studying and just literally my handwritten notes, scratching things down, a bunch of links pulled in from the internet of where I found good information Because to study for these exams, oftentimes you need to go to websites like Investopedia or Quizlet and these other websites out there that have people publishing information and definitions related to risk management in the insurance industry so that you can get an understanding for how processes work, like the risk management process like I was talking about. I might know the definition of that. I might know the six-step process. But I go out and Google risk management process examples because I need to see some real-life examples. Because that's what's going to help me on the exam is knowing how it's applied in real life. Because that's how the question is formatted. So a bunch of that just aggregated together in a Word document basically. And Greg would take it and dump it all into a Word document. Write it up in his own language. Then I would come in for the second pass. Basically Greg does the first draft. I come into the second draft because I've taken these exams and studied for them and passed them. So I add my special personal touch. And basically touch it up to make it sound. Not to make it sound like But to make it. I guess, polished and professional for what my value proposition is, is that I've taken and passed these exams so I know what's important, so I know what you need to study, and I ensure you're focusing on the most important topics, and I break it down into plain English to help you pass your exam. And that's exactly what we're doing now. We are working on the second course, and we're already lining up the next year, trying to crank out one new course per quarter. So over the course, of the next two or three years, we're going to be able to publish eight to ten new courses. What used to take me six months now takes me about a month. And it's gonna get better and better. We're still still learning and changing some things. So there still is a good amount of work for me to sit down. I would say for about a month, I would sit down, I sit down about an hour or two per day. And I look what Greg has has written. I go through, compare it to my notes, I just make sure that everything is in there. Then I go through and add a couple paragraphs here and there per chapter. So maybe each chapter takes me two to four hours total to go in and add my personal touch and do some rewriting and some formatting. And then I write practice exam questions. I tried outsourcing that. I tried hiring people to write practice exam questions, but just could really never get the right person. That's a tough one because you actually have to take the exam to know how the exams are formatted and how the questions are, are phrased to be able to write. And you also have to know the content. So you have to know like the right answer and the trick answers and the answer explanation. I'm starting to explore hiring college students or kids just out of college that have taken these exams. because a lot of people take them before they enter the industry. So I'm starting to experiment with hiring uh, some of my students that have been through my courses and people just entering the insurance industry. Just as well, bonus money, here's an extra $500 to $1,000 if you write these exam questions. So I'm starting to experiment with with that, but I'm not sure if it, it's going to work out. So anyways, I still have to write the practice exam questions. So that's why it takes me about a month to do these courses, meaning that I go in an hour or two on each chapter that Greg writes, add in my special personal touch and just make sure it's exactly the quality and exactly how I would write it. And then I spend, I don't know, three to four hours per chapter writing practice exam questions. And plus I got all my other businesses that I'm managing. So in total, about about a month to publish new course. Greg writes for about a month or a month and a half, and then I get his work. So in total, it's about three months to publish a new course, but only a month of work for me, if that. I'm talking maybe 20, 30 hours total per course versus what used to take me six months or probably four or five hours a day sitting down, studying, writing, memorizing everything, rewriting. I mean, think about writing an entire new textbook is what I would have to do for every single one of these courses. And if you can imagine it, if i printed these these would be i don't know 300 page long textbooks and so think about that writing 300 pages basically writing a new book every three to six months it's exhausting it's draining if i had to do it all myself so i'm glad and happy to pay greg 150 per chapter to crank out a new course then i come in and do the finishing touches and practice exams and we work as a team to publish new courses So that automation is helping me crank out new courses, which is a major, major revenue driver and a big priority for me going forward in this business. So that's a major part of the automation that I'm working on. The last and final piece of automation that I have implemented since I started this business is using virtual assistants. All that means, all a virtual assistant is, is somebody out there that is a freelancer. I pay them per hour or per job, it could be a flat rate per job or five, $10 per hour, whatever ends up being through the contract, to basically be a team member and work on my team. I spend, and I have been doing this for, I think actually since 2015 or 2016, that really early days of my business, I spend about $300 per month For my team of virtual assistants, which amounts to about 30 to 40 hours per month that I save. That's 30 to 40 hours of work that I would otherwise be doing every single month that one of my, that my team of assistants handles. So imagine that I get an extra full week, 40 hour week, an extra one per month to work on higher priority items. Now my assistants are doing things like like data entry, programming my courses, posting blog posts, doing research, uploading things to YouTube, quality assurance, formatting word documents, it's simple things like adding buttons to blogs and, and duplicating sales page and tweaking sales page pages. Earlier in this episode, I talked about how I have all of these sequences, the multiple email automation sequences for each exam for each online course that I sell 20 40 maybe 60 sequences of email automation. A lot of that was done by my VA's where I went in and did it once and then I showed him showed them how to update take that same sequence copy and paste it for another exam set up the automation I told them which emails to change how to change it the wording to use the links to add They would go in and create the new sales page and just link it to the new sales page. And they would basically take what I did once and replicate it 20 times. In fact, I once posted 60 blog posts in a matter of two weeks by teaching my virtual assistant how to take five blog posts that I wrote. It was a series of five where I wrote about the most important topic of the CPCU 500, the most difficult topic, the most important exam questions to focus on. Um, and some other things like a study guide and some flashcard questions. So those five blogs. I taught my assistant how to do that and replicate it for eight other exams, taking that same template for those same blogs. And I showed them exactly what sections to change. I gave them a little bit of uh, a voice recording to tell them what to change. And I gave a little video. It took me about 20 minutes to walk them through and say, hey, for these exams, here's what you need to change in each of these blogs. Go into WordPress, copy change all the SEO metrics, change the headings, change the slug, change all that stuff, change the title. And she did this for eight other exams and published eight, sorry, published 60 blog posts in the matter of two weeks, which was just a ton of content on my website that jacked up my rankings. My rankings went through the roof because I had a bunch of new content out there on Google, got crawled by Google and started ranking for these keywords that I wanted to rank for because I taught her how to do the, on-page SEO work, plugging in the right keywords in the right place. So those blogs brought in a bunch of new traffic and they actually brought in traffic for this new exam, the ARM 400 that I just published. I strategically wrote blogs about that. This was about two years ago uh, when she wrote the ARM 400 blogs because I wanted to start getting that traffic and get the rankings before I published the course. So I already had a, a list, an email list built up of people that had downloaded the free ARM 400 practice exam. Previously, I was sending them to that affiliate link. Remember, I signed up for an affiliate program. I talked about this in the last episode. So I already had a group of people there that were buying my through my affiliate link buying my competitors uh, courses. I just had her switch the email series and plug in my own email series and started sending people to buy my own online course and I pre-sold it. And that's how I got $6,000 in revenue with a little email list built up there, people waiting, and that's why they pre-bought that course because they were sitting there waiting, they trusted me, they knew me, my assistant that posted the blogs and the email series so they started buying my courses. The majority of my virtual assistants I hired through Upwork, that's upwork.com. If you're watching the video here or the slides, I have two posts here, one in the top right is a post of my job posting that I posted on Upwork.com when I was hiring a social media manager. Somebody just post on Hootsuite.com and schedule Facebook and Twitter posts. This was for my one of my other businesses. And the bottom right, I have a post for a job that I hired through Fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R.com, where I hired somebody to do a one-off job to create podcast artwork for the Associate PI podcast. So Upwork. That's great for ongoing work and hiring a team member. That's where most of my assistants come from. Ranges anywhere from $6 an hour to $12 an hour. Some of my assistants actually started at $4 an hour because they, uh, one of my assistants was living in Croatia. She was a, a freshman in college at the time, just looking for a little extra cash. With the exchange rate from the US dollar to Croatia, it was actually higher than the minimum wage in Croatia at the time. So that, we talked about this a little bit because it was like, Hey, $4 an hour. Like that, that's gonna, not going to be enough to live on. She explained how with the exchange rate and this being her first job on Upwork that she wanted the rankings, the long-term relationship. And now she's, I'm paying her $12 an hour because this was, this was, she was my first assistant that I hired back in 2015 when I had no money to hire assistants because I was not generating enough revenue from associate PI yet. But now that I'm generating a lot more revenue, she's been with me since 2015. She's being paid $12 an hour, probably get bumped up to $15 an hour because I I like to keep giving her raises because I want to keep her on. She's a critical part of the team. Um, I want to make sure she's making more and more money um, as as she grows and takes on new roles in this business. But that being said, you, you can find... Help on Upwork.com, 4 or $5 an hour. I, I'm usually in the range of 6 to 12 uh, This is great for programming online courses. My assistants have, they, they created my entire Thinkific website. I have three assistants right now that, that help with a variety of things. Uh, three assistants through Upwork right now. and They help with social media, creating course images in Canva, building out my entire Thinkific platform. Remember, I migrated from WPLMS theme on WordPress. Over to Thinkific, my virtual assistants did all of that. I didn't touch it. They did the entire thing. I just gave them the instructions. Uh, what else? Blog posting, adding buttons to blogs I mentioned, creating a sales page, posting in ConvertKit, sending emails in ConvertKit, scheduling social media, data entry work, uploading podcasts and YouTube videos, formatting Word documents. Like any book that I publish, my assistants go in and they format it because I hate formatting things in Word. I just want to write. I don't want to get caught up with the formatting because then it kind of breaks the flow that I get in when I'm writing a course or writing a book. So I have my virtual assistants take care of that. I just write it scrappily in. I I just scrap it in Word and I just use some bold headings and and nothing fancy. Give it to my my editors and my assistants. They go and polish it up and make it professional and ready for publication. So that's Upwork. You can also use Fiverr.com as another one that I use. That one's great for one-time jobs. I'll, I'll use it for things like, hey, I just need a quick podcast intro or some podcast artwork, or give me uh, or logos. Every single one of my business logos came from Fiverr. Literally five dollars to create a logo. So so don't go paying somebody five hundred dollars to design a fancy logo for you. Just use Fiverr uh, graphic graphic design, graphic images, and and that type of thing is great from Fiverr. That's better for one-off jobs. They're called gigs. You just buy a gig through Fiverr.com have somebody do do a one-off job for you, and then move on. But I keep coming back to the same designers that I like and that I have a relationship with for my new businesses and my new graphic design requirements and requests and, and new projects. So you, you keep coming back to them, but if you want a long-term virtual assistant, go through Upwork. And Upwork is like a job posting board. You post on there, and people apply, you interview, you have chats back and forth, you post interview questions. You can see my image here on the slides where... This was my job posting. You can see exactly my requirements, my interview questions, skills and expertise, details about the job. I mean, it takes five minutes to fill out. It's, it's, nothing, it's nothing intense. It's really, really easy. It's posted out there. You get a bunch of applications. You filter people out based on their responses to your interview questions. Then you can message them, and you can pick your assistant that way. Um, the Fiverr, on the other hand, is you are searching for a specific job. So I go to Fiverr.com, and it's spelled with two R's, dot F-I-V-E, com, and I would search something like graphic design or podcast artwork or podcast music, and I would pick from the people that have said that that's their specialty. You can read through their reviews and the work that they've done in the past. Pick who you want to work with and choose them to do the job for you. And I actually teach all of this in the Entrepreneur Ride Along Membership. I have an entire—I did a live, uh, a live presentation on this in the membership. I do once a month. I host a live training with Q and A at the end. The one of the trainings in 2022, I think it was April 2022. You can find this over in the membership under the the live training section, that the content section of the membership. You can go and access that access that course for free. If you just go to the entrepreneur slash membership, I give away a free trial to the membership. So go in there for free and I actually have a course in there in the live training section. You'll find it very easily that teaches you step by step how to go through this process to find the right and right assistant. First of all, to, to post the proper application out there on Upwork or use Fiverr, find the right assistant, how to hire them, onboard them and scale up their work because that's what I do. I do hire people to just do a basic one task. Hey, just come on and help me with this one simple Word document formatting. Okay, if they did good with that, I give them another task and then another task and then I grow them into, oh, do you know WordPress? No, let me teach you. Now you know WordPress and you're posting blogs for me. So that's what I teach in this live training. So you can check that out over at theentrepreneurridealong.com slash membership is to get free access to that. I will say one other thing I did as I hired an editor, I needed that for my courses. I did that in 2018. That was during that stage that I mentioned in an earlier episode where I was going through a professional redesign. I just needed to polish up my courses. So I hired an editor, and she costs about $1,500 per course to go through line edit, copy editing, the whole deal. It gives me a red line version of my course in a Word document. It shows me where all of my spelling and grammatical mistakes were made cuz i make a bunch of them but from 2015 to 2018 i did not have a professional editor so don't think that you can't post a course out there and it, it, it and it can't be it doesn't need to be perfect mine wasn't perfect i had i had spelling errors all over the place now selling into professional employees people would tell me they would tell me if they caused some spelling errors but it was never angry People would actually just tell me to help me out because I was just being helpful and honest that I was one person out here helping them pass their exam. So they knew Jake was the guy that wrote these courses. He's he's not a writer by any means. He's just helping me pass my exam because all my courses are text-based courses. So people would let me know from time to time that I had spelling errors here and there. Well, in 2018, when I had to rewrite all my courses anyways, I had I hired Jen, my editor, right now, and she went through everything, every single course. So pretty expensive, $1,500 for the 8 to 10 courses that I sell. But it was a worthwhile investment because now all my courses are professional, polished, and I have no problem. I'm not nervous about, about business professionals going through my course, which they expect a little bit better quality, especially when I increased the price to $425 per course that basically has to be perfect, so they expected better quality. I was not embarrassed or nervous about people finding spelling errors because I knew there would be none with hiring an editor. So that was virtual assistance, and that is really the automation that I've done in this business. Now, there comes automation from organic traffic as well. As you know, my traffic comes through SEO I automatically. Hit my website, join my email list. We talked about email marketing buy my courses, land on my sales pages, transaction through WooCommerce and Stripe and the e-commerce platforms that I use. I'm not going to get into that because that's that's really technical. I just told you what I do there. I use uh, WooCommerce or, or Thinkific now. I used to use WooCommerce, but that's what processes the transaction, facilitates the sale, sends them their receipt automatically, sends me an order notification. Money goes to Stripe and Stripe goes into my bank account. And that's how it flows through. But that is that is all. I have plenty of that on the website and in the membership free trial. Uh, you can find that all there. I don't need to go into detail in this case study. So that just about does it for today. One thing I want to leave you with is a announcement of a new book that I am writing. I'm writing the book Use Your Job to Quit Your Job. You can find that at theentrepreneurridealong.com slash job. That's where you can pick up a new copy of the book where I'm teaching this exact process. It's how to look at your day job and find an aspect within your day job to turn into your first online business and to validate that idea to know that that idea is going to work before you get started. And it's just a way to easily start your first online business, which becomes that stepping stone into entrepreneurship before you move on to your next project that you are more passionate about. So use your job to quit your job. You can pick up a copy of that today. And that does it again. If you want to copy this business model, you can sign up for the mini course at theentrepreneurridealong.com slash O-B-C-S-1. That's where you can pick up the mini course where I give you actual step-by-step instructions to copy this business. So that's it for today's episode. Next episode will be part 7 where I talk about some legal troubles and a legal snag that I ran into with this video business. So that does it for today. Thank you for listening to part six of season one of the online business case study. Thanks again for listening. I will catch you on the next episode.